As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day here in Golden Valley, Minnesota, at least, in the nice blue sky, nice breezy, uh, nice breeze rustling the leaves and all that good stuff. A little bit on the chilly side, but... New York, Minnesota Vikings victorious today, 28-10 to 10 over the New York Giants. Get met, it pays, and the Vikings got met, and it paid. So that's good. Uh, it wasn't the old met, it's the met in New York, I guess, met Life Stadium. Regardless, Minnesota victories today, very nice, solid game, generally speaking. Kirk Cousins was focused right out of the get-go, 4-for-4 four four on an opening drive. Unfortunately, it led to only a field goal because of penalties that brought things backwards and, of course, a sack and all that. But generally speaking, Kirk Cousins, very solid, very focused against a team that does not have a very good pass defense, does have a very solid run defense. There's the kind of game the Vikings, you know, yes, it's a road game. The Vikings history in New York, not the best all the time, but some good games, of course. Vikings have had a lot of success against the New York Giants of late, and Minnesota continues uh, on that successful path, we'll say they're now 17 and 10 all time against the New York Giants. No ties. Minnesota now has a winning record on the season, and Kirk Cousins defeated a 500 team, which he has a record in the 700s per se. The seven it was point seven eleven going into today's game against teams under 500, and of course above 500. Yeah, what was he like five and 27? So. All right. Well, we'll worry about that when the time comes as we move forward into playing against winning teams, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You got to see Amir Abdullah. You got to see Alexander Madison run for 52 yards for, in his case, Amir Abdullah, a couple of runs. Vikings run game extremely successful against a run defense that isn't that bad. In fact, it was in the upper third of the NFL. Past defense in the lower third of the NFL, you figured you'd see a better game from Kirk Cousins in a lot of ways. Uh, there were a lot of checkdowns that ended up being successful checkdowns. Some of them were flat-out screen plays anyway to Delvin Cook. 86 yards with those catch-and-goes from Delvin Cook. Uh, caught all of his targets. Unfortunately, if not for the fumble getting close to the goal line in Delvin Cook's case, if not for that dug on fumble, Delvin Cook is like a far-and-away Fran Tarkington award, as good as Kirk Cousins was today, because Cook was kind of a little bit of everything with this offense. Dan Bailey was, was exquisite. Made a 48-yarder, made every kick that he attempted in today's game, 4 for 4, 14 points if you happen to have him on your fantasy team. Very solid game for Bailey. Looks great, and he's been making consecutive kicks, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, Amir Abdullah returned a kick 33 yards. Along the way, Marcus Sherrills had a 9-yard return at the end of the day as the Giants. Only a couple of uh, kickoffs 
at the end of the day. There were punt returns and then all that good stuff. But Britton Colquitt only punted once in the entire game, and it was a 57-yarder. That's good stuff from Britton Colquitt. Minnesota's offense is very solid throughout the game. The Vikings' defense, excellent throughout the way. And, of course, the rookie quarterback looking more like a rookie after starting 2-0. A couple of uh, impressive wins, a couple of impressive starts for Daniel Jones, and it looks like uh, him and uh, Eli Manning working together very nicely. Eli Manning was encouraging him along the way. Beautiful touchdown pass that put the Giants back in the game. And it's kind of cool to see those two working together on the sidelines. That was a nice, nice thing. Had the again had the Giants within three points. Beautiful play to Darius Slayton and of course uh, Xavier Rhodes, who you know, yeah, he got banged up early because he always gets banged up because he sneezed or somebody sneezed near him, so he's 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 hurt or something like that. And then I don't know. Anytime there's any type of contact, he's magically hurt a little bit, and then he's back in there like a miracle because he's he's the toughest guy ever. Because he's just so tough. See, that's why he's back in there. Because he's tough and stuff. Yeah, that's great. Um, got beat significantly throughout the game today. He was not that good. A couple of weird penalties. I mean, just getting too much in the guy. Uh, Trey Waynes was too close into into the New York receiver on a potential touchdown play that ended up being an extremely expensive, uh, Extremely expensive penalty, pass interference penalty that cost the Vikings a bit. But then again, it didn't. It's just that it could have if this was a little better offense. Uh, no Saquon Barkley. That kind of hurts the New York Giants. There's a reason why they lost the past two weeks. It's not just because, uh, well, not two weeks. There's a reason why they have uh, had two losses in the first place. But, uh, you know, obviously Eli Manning wasn't so good. And now with Saquon Barkley being out, despite a couple of successful weeks, Barkley not being in the equation today did not help the Giants' cause. Though Minnesota scoring 28 points is a big, big thing as well. Good field position throughout most of the game, except one of the times the Vikings were pinned way deep on a kickoff that just there was no, there was just nothing you could do. And uh, a good punt as well by Dixon that was in the 20. Even at a touchback, which is what punters do not want to have. Uh, but uh, Quinn Colquitt has had no touchback so far. That's good. Just like the punter a couple of years ago from Arizona. Adam Thielen, great game today. The apology was accepted, apparently. Uh, multiple touchdowns, very solid game. A couple of a nice first down lunges forward from Adam Thielen. Only one target was missed down the stretch. Probably one of the throwaways, if I remember correctly. 44-yard strike along the way to Thielen. 130 yards, seven receptions, two touchdowns. That's another guy. If he's on your fantasy team, you're sitting pretty. After a very quiet, frustrating start to the season for both of the star receivers of Minnesota, Stephon Diggs only 44 yards total on three catches, and he was also fined $200,000, in excess of $200,000, for missing multiple practices. That's where the drama during the course of this week got on everybody's nerves. The apologies from Kirk Cousins to Adam Thielen on his podcast, and and Mike Zimmer kind of making a little side joke about it, like, eh, why don't you get off the podcast, that type of thing. Just kind of smiling and joking. He wasn't the, the gruff, mean version of Mike Zimmer on that one, but maybe he kind of wanted to be, and he kind of can't, that type of thing. Ola B.C. Johnson, or B.C. Johnson, I'll just call him his whole name, and he just, it just comes out that way with me. All four, all four targets were received today from Ola B.C. Johnson. A couple of a first down gains, but mostly short passes. Two short, short passes, a couple of first downs, including a 23-yarder. Accurate, accurate day. From Kirk Cousins, generally good line protection, though on occasion a couple of plays where he was flat out sacked. Some of them he could have stepped up, some of them he could have rolled out. 
and he didn't, that type of thing. But no fumbles from Kirk Cousins, no interceptions from Kirk Cousins. Quarterback rating 138.6, 300 yards, two strikes, and again, like I said, no turnovers. Only attempted 27 passes because the offense was very, very balanced. Uh, there was It was pass-heavy for a little bit, and again, four completions that led to the Dan Bailey 31-yard field goal to get things moving a bit, get the blood flowing a little bit for this offense. But again, 80, 81.5%. It was pretty much the perfect Kirk Cousins game. He attempted less than 30 passes. He didn't turn the ball over. He didn't make any weird play that made you like that made your heart skip a beat. There was no weird play that made your heart skip a beat. Because remember last year, even in games where we were kicking people's butts, there was always that weird play. Like he was throwing the ball backwards to a running back that wasn't there. And it's like, okay, okay, that was really dangerous. What are you doing, Kirk? There was none of that today. So it was probably the perfect Kirk Cousins game today. Well done. Well done. Against a team that's not that good. They're getting better, but they're not that good. Quarterback Daniel Jones had some moments, and he had some moments. <laughs> he had some future nice franchise-slash-franchise-slash-starting quarterback, not superstar, but franchise-slash-starting quarterback moments. And he had some rookie quarterback moments. Um, overthrew a guy that was a sure touchdown. I mean, that was a sure touchdown, too, I believe. I can't remember which one it was. I believe it was uh, Engram. It was a sure touchdown, and he just overthrew it. He just overthrew the son of a gun. Uh, and unfortunately for uh, Engram, it's just too high, too far. He would have had a touchdown for sure. I mean, just ease up on that throw a little bit. So that would have been a big, big moment for the uh, New York Giants. That ended up being one of their field goals at the end of the day. Red Ellison showing the Vikings who they're missing out on with the one catch for three yards, but I'm sure his blocking is solid. Red Ellison is just one of those guys. He's, you know, he's nice. He's a nice, valuable physical force out there for blocking and such, but uh, that's all she wrote, I guess. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, there was one moment there for the Vikings that annoyed us a little bit. 52-yard return from Corey Ballantyne. Lucky it didn't end up being too damaging for Minnesota at the end of the day. Thank God for that. The countless penalties today were were a bit annoying, though. A little troublesome. I mean, if you're going up against the Los Angeles Rams, you're going up against Kansas City, you're going up against Green Bay, you're going up against Detroit, come on. These these have to stop. So, uh, luckily, there's a certain NFC North team that lost today on the road. On the road, by the way. On the road, to their credit, another one that's doing very well flashing on the screen right now because segment number one is a little bit earlier, usually, traditionally, because on a nooner day. Uh... A certain quarterback that wants a hundred million dollars isn't exactly isn't exactly dazzling a whole lot of people at the moment in the the uh, yeah whatever the new Cowboys Stadium. We're happy for them. Oh boy, what a game by Delvin Cook! Though over two hundred all-purpose yards again, one hundred and thirty-two overall rushing, and then he had what eighty-six receiving. That is just uh, stellar stuff. My goodness, <laughs> an outstanding overall performance by young Delvin Cook. 200 and, boy, 216 all-purpose yards for Delvin Cook. 216, pardon me, 218 all-purpose yards for Delvin Cook and outstanding overall performance from him. I mean, that is uh, really a, a sight to behold. we got to appreciate that. I just wish he didn't fumble at the goal line again. Luckily, it didn't cost the Vikings a whole lot because when Delvin Cook fumbled at the goal line, the ensuing play was a safety. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? It Does it get much better? The ensuing play was a safety. 
the Vikings end up getting a field goal, so he basically lost two points in what might have been a touchdown. Might have been a touchdown at the end of the day. Uh, there was a safety. John Hillman was rushed up the middle, and the safety was given there. Great moment for the Minnesota. Again, two points. We wound up with a field goal because, <clears throat> of course, the Giants had to kick off, but still we got into good field goal range and all that. And the Vikings were pushed back, getting back into the getting into the red zone, but were pushed back, unfortunately, in that situation. Not a bad game. Nothing to get super excited about because, like, oh, my God, here they come, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, yeah, here they come. We got to play Philadelphia next week. Thankfully, in U.S. Bank Stadium, a golden opportunity to go four and two, playing against a pretty good football team. I mean, why not? A team that's not necessarily competing for Super Bowl right now, but maybe they will as the season progresses. That being the Philadelphia Eagles, Linval Joseph had a frustrating moment today. I didn't think he had the best game he could ever have uh, against his former club. Again, Super Bowl ring in 2011. That was an awesome moment for him, I'm sure. Can only imagine what wonderful it is. I wouldn't know what it feels like, unfortunately. I wouldn't know, and that sucks. Hopefully we'll find out one of these days. And um, Linval Joseph is a part of that team winning a Super Bowl. Jumped over the center on a kick, uh, on a field goal that could have been a touchdown for New York, but luckily the Vikings defense is absolutely spectacular after that. Ended up keeping the Giants pretty much exactly where they were, pushing them back. They gained a couple more yards, and they end up making a 31-yard field goal anyway after making a 31-yard field goal. So, I don't know. Frustrating. Frustrating personal foul where you end up getting five yards and automatic first down to the Giants. That Again, penalties like that can get you murdered. Scary moment. Uh, Mike Hughes was downright fantastic today. Almost had an interception a couple times. Uh... Anthony Harris did not have a very good game, I thought. Multiple penalties on him, not good. Uh, multiple pass interference plays, not very good game for him. Uh, Daniel Hunter was downright spectacular. If you want to award one of the defensive players for Fran Tarkington Award this week, it's got to be Daniel Hunter for sure. Defensively, it's Daniel Hunter with a bullet, even though Anthony Barr, I thought, also had a very, very nice game. Uh, three deflected passes for for Mr. Uh, Mike Hughes, though. What a nice game. What a nice, solid game by Mike Hughes. Sticking to his man throughout the, the day. No cornerback is perfect. They're going to get beat here and there, but Mike Hughes looks outstanding. Uh, again, could have had a couple of interceptions at some moments there. One of them was just out of bounds. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's out of bounce, and the other one, well, it bounced anyway by the time he had cupped it. So that's just kind of that moment. Uh, if any... Odenigbo got his first career NFL sack. Congratulations for the uh, Minnesota Vikings nose tackle there. It was usually a reserve moments in the game as well for him. Nice to see him get his first NFL sack. Happy moment. Multiple sacks for Daniel Hunter, like I mentioned earlier. And Everson Griffin added a sack as well. He had a pretty solid game, I would have to say, including some big-time run stops that helped the Vikings cause Jamar Steffen, very solid. Trey Waynes, again, got beat on some occasions, but also made some good defensive plays. And again, the very nasty, uh, very nasty <laughs> pass interference call that did not help. Can't really complain about the referees today. And in a 28-10 to 10 game, you don't really think about it that much. But at the same time, I don't think the referees had any moments that had you feeling like, man, what the bleep was that? I thought the refs were just fine. Uh, the pass interference calls were interference, unfortunately. Luckily, there wasn't any, you know, roughing the quarterback moments. But again, jumping over the center like Linval Joseph, it's just one of those things. And 
Oh, that's where you get automatic first downs in, in moments, and you just don't want to do stuff like that. I think that's the second time Linville's done that, if I remember correctly. I, I can't remember who else did that a couple of years ago. I think Sheldon Richardson did that last year once, if I remember correctly. And it's just like, ah, uh, are you kidding me? You're better than that, man. Terrible. But uh, nice overall calming game for everybody. I suppose Stefan Diggs was all smiles, despite not a beautiful game on the sidelines. Kind of looked like he might have been arguing with uh, Kevin Stefanski a little bit. Kevin Stefanski looked semi-annoyed uh, when Stefan Diggs kept kind of talking to him where uh, Kevin Stefanski put his little microphone up. You know how it's a headset, so to speak. Cute little headset. And he looked mildly annoyed for a half a second. And Stefan Diggs was smiling most of the time. I don't know if he's being sarcastic, like, why am I not in there, basically? Like, are you kidding me? You don't want me out there? It, I don't know if that's why Stefan Diggs was smiling, if it was a sarcastic smile or what the deal was. Because it was during a drive. There was, you know, and it's like, why am I not in the game? What the hell is this? I'm not sure what the situation was there, but generally speaking, Stefan Diggs didn't look too irritated, too frustrated. Adam Thielen, there's no reason for him to be frustrated. It was a 2018 type of game for him where he got over 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. I mean, Adam Thielen looks like a sure pro bowler once again, which he absolutely is. And Ola B.C. Johnson, he looks like a legitimate third receiver for the Vikings because he actually catches the ball. He's already better than Laquan Treadwell. I mean, Treadwell, again, he didn't even make a block on a play that could have made a nicer gain for Delvin Cook down the stretch. Delvin Cook with a couple of bursts up the middle. And again, even uh, in the later stages, <laughs> Alexander Madison with a nice 19-yard gain that almost broke loose. But again, the guy doesn't really have great speed. He's just quick enough uh, down the stretch. That was the dagger at the end of the day. It was that first down that allowed us to just do the uh, victory formation and wrap things up. But uh, what a nice overall, complete, balanced offense. 27 attempts, 21, 27 attempts from Kirk Cousins, 21 rushes for Delvin Cook, 7 rushes for Madison, 3 for Amir Abdullah, and Kirk Cousins did not turn the ball over. He did get sacked three times, and one of the sacks, at least one of them was like, you could have probably made a step, kind of stepped up or kind of rolled out a little bit. Could have done something to get away, but I don't know. At least he hung onto the bleeping ball. And again, on a day when you score 28 points against the Giants defense, that's better than it was on the road. And your defense, despite some horrendous penalties, that could have got us killed, still kept the Giants to 10 points. So respectable, respectable performance by Minnesota. Again, you can tell I'm not like, oh, God, here we come. Here we come. <laughs> it's plan the parade. No, we're not planning any parades right now. But if Kirk Cousins plays like this on a regular basis, okay, then you got something. I still wouldn't give him $28 million a year, but I guess that's what that 28 represents. Like, in your face, Minnesota, 28. I'm just highlighting it right now as I'm looking at this. 28. Highlight that 2-8 right there. It ain't Adrian Peterson. It's the amount of millions of dollars that Kirk Cousins gets a year, and gosh darn it, today he earned it. Damn it, so shut the heck up. Shut the heck up, Viking fans. He earned it. Well, okay. For one day he earned it, kind of. Yeah, for one day he earned it. Um, he, he calmed his, uh, his haters for a day. I'm not going to hate on him today. Am I going to give him the Fran Tarkington Award? Oh, God. <laughs> he was very good today. He was. He was very good today. But De Delvin Cook, to me, is still the franchise guy, and I think he was just absolutely spectacular again if he just didn't freaking fumble that freaking ball. 
But again, that defense saved us. And at least, I guess at least when he did fumble, it was way, it was like pinning the Giants at the goal line anyway. So uh, just, uh, and he doesn't fumble that often. This isn't Kirk Cousins. Delvin Cook, congratulations on your third Fran Tarkington Award of the year. In every win, Fran Tarkington Award is going to Delvin Cook. He's going to share it with Daniel Hunter, who flustered Daniel Jones in a big way today and also made some big plays down the stretch. Uh, Everson Griffin also, again, prevented some big gains. Where the, the New York uh, running back did get some gains, John Hillman, but uh, Mr. Uh, but he was very limited throughout the day. I mean, a, a long of six for John Hillman, that's nothing, man. Wayne Gallman Jr., only uh, 11. That's the longest run of the entire game. That's not bad, eh? Not bad. Uh, Daniel Jones rushed for one first down. One. One first down. So Vikings did not get torched too bad in that category. That was on a third down conversion situation. That you know, it is what it is, and it is what it is. I mean, you're, you're I mean, you're not going to get too upset about a couple of a third down conversion as long as you're doing all right. The Giants actually were pretty efficient on third down, surprisingly, eight of sixteen. But again, it was bend but don't break. The final score shows ten for New York, so that's good. Fourth down, the Giants 0 for three. Three times the Giants turned the ball over on downs. Total yards today for Minnesota, 498 compared to 211 for the New York Giants. So again, if the Giants are getting the first downs here and there on third down conversions, it's frustrating. That's a high freaking number, actually. 50% is pretty good. That's a pretty good number for the Giants and bad for us. But to keep the Giants at bay for only 211 yards, that deserves some respect. And that's, that's good stuff. Good stuff overall for the Minnesota Vikings. They dominated in the yardage, almost 500 overall when you put it all together. So with that said, Fran Tarkington Award is going to Delvin Cook and Daniel Hunter. Honorable mention to Kirk Cousins because it was an outstanding game, but let's see him do this against a winning team. Please, get your sixth win against a winning record team, can you? If Philadelphia even has a winning record, it's like, uh, I believe they, <laughs> they're just barely hanging around 500, kind of like us, despite the fact that they're a fairly dangerous club. The... Christian Pond Memorial. Oh, there's a Christian Pond Memorial. On a, on a day you beat a team by 18 in a pretty sound performance, there's a Christian Pond Memorial player, and you know who it is. It's it's Xavier Rhodes. It's Xavier Rhodes with a bullet. I mean, even Mike Zimmer, who's, we thought there were times he's like one of his best friends on the planet. Oh, he let him hear it on that touchdown. Like, you know, I mean, literally, he just let the guy right past him, this rookie receiver right past him. So, clearly, Xavier Rhodes is not the same player he was, and Trading him away isn't going to get us a whole lot of uh, return, I don't think, at the end of the day. Xavier Rhodes, congratulations on uh, one of your rare uh, Christian Pound Memorial. So he got a couple in the past for some bad games of the penalties and stuff, but today I, I thought he got it, and luckily he didn't get the Vikings killed 28-10. to 10. We'll be back to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the upcoming <laughs> and, and wrapping up, rounding up the National Football League. The other games, the NFC North, Packers looking good right now, and Chicago not so good, which is nice, I suppose. And it looks like Detroit took the took the week off, but a lot of us last year thought they took a lot of weeks off. Uh, Philadelphia looks like a winning team right now, though. They played another green club. We'll talk about them in a little while uh, at the end of next segment. Oh, boy. Get to play the Eagles again. It's going to be interesting to talk about the history of the Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings because it's rich. It's rich, folks. Rich history, just like New York Giants and Vikings. Luckily, it's been rich in a positive way lately, but not in super important games or anything. No, no. Yeah, well, we did beat them in 2000, or 1997, though. 
We beat them in 2007. I keep calling it 2007. We Nobody beat the Giants in 2007, by the way, in the playoffs. Not even a 16-0 Patriots team beat them that year. But 10 years earlier, we knocked those those weak bleepers out, boy. We, we knocked them out thanks to a, a squid kick that went our way and a couple other miraculous things. Oh, enough of that. Let's talk about the National Football League, NFC North, and the Philadelphia Eagles. are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Going to look across the NFL, the NFC North, and preview the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh no, not them again, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's just uh, that's just uh, life in the city, at least in the NFL and such. Let's look across the league a bit, if humanly possible. Green Bay, Dallas, okay, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Indianapolis and Kansas City flashing on the screen right now, as per tradition on Segment number two, always looking at some Sunday night football during this segment and the next segment. It's always fun to have like a real game flashing in the background, even though you can't really see it. Los Angeles and Seattle, Thursday night football. And again, next week is another nooner, thank God, on Fox. For those of you that hopefully can get it locally. Seattle Seahawks slide past the Los Angeles Rams. It was a home game for the Emerald Curtain. And, well, the defense wasn't as much of a factor as the offense and stuff. Uh, Not bad, eh? Not bad at the end of the day. Russell Wilson, big game. Todd Gurley got in the end zone multiple times. A bit of a back and forth. Jared Goff only attempted 49 passes, that's all. And then Russell Wilson attempted only 23. I mean, it's just like, just, it's all about efficiency, isn't it? It's all about efficiency when you talk about NFL, NFL quarterbacks. And yes, it was the Emerald Curtain. Again, even though that Curtain's defense was, it was good when it needed to be in the Flustered Jared Goff for the most part. Forced him into one interception, only one touchdown. Again, only uh, quarterback rating of only uh, 83.3, 59.2 percentage. But yeah, Russell Wilson, four touchdowns, 151.8 quarterback rating. Virtually perfect. Todd Gurley got in the end zone twice, even though he did lose a fumble. Chris Carson, the rookie running back of Seattle, did did his number throughout the day. Just solid. Never broke loose. Only 14 yards for a long, but still wound up with 118 and a 4.4 yards per carry. Overall, great game for him. Jared Everett. Gerald Everett and Cooper Cup factors for the Los Angeles Rams. But Seattle, just efficient. Just efficient and got the job done. And they're 4-1, yet still in second place at the second in the NFC West. As weird as that sounds, because San Francisco just keeps winning, and they'll be playing tomorrow night against the Cleveland Browns. San Francisco is undefeated. They'll probably remain undefeated. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Cleveland obviously has a little bit of game to them. And then the Basement Bowl, at least at this moment. Somebody had to get a win today, unless there was another tie for Arizona. And thankfully for the Arizona Cardinals, the losing streak is over. And unfortunately for Cincinnati, they have not won a single game since they moved on from Marvin Lewis. Not that they're Success ratio was so spectacular under Marvin Lewis the last several years. And their playoff success was crickets. That's all it was. Kyler Murray, good, solid effort, 253 yards. He also ran for 93. Good, solid, entertaining player who's going to be something someday. 
again with an improved group of players around him. Andy Dalton, he's just he's quarterbacking a last place team. And he's putting up decent numbers, but it's just not enough. It's just not enough. I mean, there's just not enough going on in Cincinnati right now. Joe Mixon's got some star potential, I guess, but I'd rather have Delvin Cook. And remember how Joe Mixon at one point was, people were thinking, oh boy, that guy's got some star potential. And then Delvin Cook was always kind of floating around. Joe Mixon would only slip because of his, you know, his reputation, this and that, his uh, rap sheet, so to speak, in his younger days leading into college and beyond. But then Delvin Cook was who the Vikings traded up to get, and things got very interesting ever since. He's been spectacular other than getting hurt. Delvin Cook has been amazing, and uh, it's been a hell of a run for him so far this season for Delvin Cook. Cincinnati just 0-5, and and there's just not a whole lot more to say. A very, very low-scoring game in Nissan Stadium in Tennessee, and Boy, oh boy, we've been through hell with kickers, and uh, looks like Dan Bailey is really settling down and getting things rolling in the right direction. And then you have Cairo Santos. Cairo Santos of the Tennessee Titans, he missed four field goals and made zero. And he made one extra point, so he scored one point for you. Steven Hushka, the former <laughs> the Hushka, <laughs> the former Seattle Seahawk. It seems like everybody's been on Seattle one way or another made two extra points. Buffalo just scored two touchdowns. Tennessee scored one. Tennessee had multiple opportunities to win the game. Would not be surprised if Cairo Santos is uh, looking for a job <clears throat> as soon as uh, as soon as soon tomorrow morning. I would not be surprised at all. Josh Allen, just solid, efficient. Did have an interception in the game. Marcus Mariota, just mediocre. Mediocre Marcus, I guess you could say. Josh Allen, just a little bit better other than that doggone turnover. Definitely more accurate, more efficient. Frank Gore, the ageless legend, 60 yards on the ground. Just a solid overall Frank Gore type of game without getting in the end zone, unfortunately. He got two touchdowns last week. Buffalo's 4-1, and one, baby. 4-1. and one. Buffalo Bills just kind of hanging on to second place behind the uh, undefeated team that just might go 16-0 and again. Well, okay, I don't know. New England Patriots. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. That's right. Teddy Bridgewater and the New Orleans Saints are undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Wasn't that neat? As uh, Rick Anderson, the former Twins pitching coach, and let's not talk about the Twins and New York and everything. At least Minnesota, a Minnesota team won in New York this this week, but I guess it was East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, Would have been nice to have the... Is it too greedy to expect the Twins to win a game in Yankee Stadium? I I guess so. Uh, Michael Thomas, again... To think again, the Vikings took Laquan Treadwell instead of Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, if it wasn't for that damn interception. Oh, if it wasn't for that damn interception. But it's one of those unlucky bounces per se. Jameis Winston. Well, he threw for a couple touchdowns, got a couple yards, but he's just not an accurate guy. Teddy Bridgewater attempted a record 34 <laughs> passes. I'm just kidding, but it feels like a record because he doesn't usually have that many. Teddy Bridgewater, this is one of those when we when he was on the Vikings, you thought that Teddy's on his way to becoming a franchise quarterback. Um, and Teddy Bridgewater looks like a starting quarterback in the NFL. Oh, Teddy, I miss you so much, man. You know, there were he, he had games like this, 314 yards, four touchdowns. He just didn't have them that often because the offense wasn't really built for him to do that. Uh, they were just kind of kind of slowly nurturing him along. Then they were gonna open things up in twenty sixteen. And, well, yeah, let's just leave that as is. <clears throat> There's really nothing more to say about it, unfortunately. 
couple of trick play, plays by Sean Payton along the way. Taysom Hill, of course, he's one of the quarterbacks anyway. He attempted an uh, 18-yard pass and completed Alvin Kamara, 13-yard completion as well along the way. Kind of cool. Ronald Jones couldn't do a whole lot, and Tampa Bay was behind most of the way, unfortunately for them. Uh, it just is what it is. New Orleans Saints, I'm actually liking and cheering for the New Orleans Saints because of one guy. I, I hate the flipping Saints. I don't like Alvin Kamara. He looks like a clown. And just leave that alone. Uh, Latavius Murray, I love him too. Okay, so I like Latavius Murray. <clears throat> Sean Payton can kiss my you-know-what. I, I just, I, I can't stand him. Michael Thomas, I wish he was on the Vikings. Nothing personal there either, so. Okay, I don't hate him as much as I used to. Just don't want him to win, that's all, usually. But with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, go Saints. You know, damn it, go Saints. <laughs> oh, man. He looks good in those uniforms. He he does. It's just too bad. I, I wish I wish he was on the Vikings. I wish he was on the Vikings. Oh, Teddy. 300. I mean, what a, what a nice, solid game. Too bad he had that bad tip of a pass there. Tampa Bay, they beat the Terry Buccaneers in what was a more competitive game than you'd think in, uh, in good old Superdome there. The good old Superdome. The, uh, yeah, we all, yeah, we all know Hurricane Katrina and Drew Brees is the hero of legends and Teddy Bridgewater is saving their season in a big way. In the past... <clears throat> New Orleans would be bleeped with uh, Drew Brees being out for six games. Instead, they're 3-0 and with Drew Brees being out because Teddy Bridgewater is back. Teddy Bridgewater's back, and what a beautiful story, and what a nice completion to Michael Thomas. And Oh, man, I miss you. I miss you, Teddy, so much. Uh, you know, he, he has an arm. He has an arm. It's just not a spectacular arm, that's all. But he has an arm. There's enough. There's enough of an arm there. It's just, you know, so what? If a guy can throw a ball 70 yards down the field or 40, well, as long as he can complete a 40-yard pass, that's good. Uh, as long as he doesn't get you killed and all that crap. Oh, Teddy, I love you. Mm. I'd take him back in a heartbeat. I'd take him back in a heartbeat. That's just, that is what it is. Next week's opponent, the Eagles visited the Jets, or actually hosted the Jets and did a little pounding there. We'll come back to that in a bit. The black and blue division of the AFC. The AFC... Right there, Baltimore, the AFC North, just like our division in a sense. It's a black and blue version of that one. Baltimore's hanging on to first place, and they're hoping Cleveland cannot beat San Francisco tomorrow. Lamar Jackson, a lot of people like him, a lot of people don't. Uh, this passing is inconsistent. He's not Teddy Bridgewater, no. Um, came from the same school. He's got more explosiveness, per se, more athletic than Teddy Bridgewater, but he makes more mistakes than Teddy Bridgewater. And that's just a fact. Today he had a rough game, and Baltimore still escaped because of a good, solid defense and some good, solid overall play in general, helping the uh, Baltimore Ravens win. They were in trouble at certain points. Pittsburgh was hanging in there. They, they went on quite a run there, ended up taking the lead, but Baltimore just kind of hung on. At the end of the day, Mark Ingram rushed into the end zone, this and that. Justin Tucker made several kicks, including a game winner, unlike the guy that used to be their kicker. Uh, what was that guy's name? Cundiff? Yeah, Cundiff. Oh, how he missed one that would have put them in the in the Super Bowl. They lost to the... the you, They lost to the Patriots. Yeah, they lost to the Patriots 2011. But then 2012, things were just a little different for the Baltimore Ravens. A little more success, even though not as good of a record. Justin Tucker nailed kick after kick after kick because Baltimore just could not get in the end zone for the most part other than that one rushing touchdown. Lamar Jackson did rush for 70 yards. And Baltimore's in first place with 3-2 and two record. Well, yeah, you know. 
I wish uh, I wish three and two could mean you're in first place in this division, but unfortunately, just not the case. New England Patriots, another easy as bleep opponent, and they're five and zero, and they're playing an zero and five team, which will, well, maybe they didn't find their quarterback because I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's Colt McCoy for now because Hoskins just isn't just isn't ready. Hoskins, Hoskins, Sony Michelle ran for ninety-one yards and a touchdown, five point seven a carry, just overall solid. What a what a nice running back he is, James White. One of the heroes of Super Bowl 50, and number 28 of the Patriots. Colt McCoy, this is like going back about, I don't even know how many years, to the Childress era when the Vikings wanted Colt McCoy so bad. And, eh, he just hasn't ever done anything. Tom Brady was what he is. He actually had an interception in the game, if you can believe it, but he was very solid. Jared Stidham came in because there's just no point. I mean, there's just no point. Why leave Brady in there forever? He's only 42 and, and stuff. So, I mean, what's the point of leaving him in there nonstop? Easy win for the Patriots. We, the Vikings will be playing the Washington Redskins at some point this year, visiting there. And let's just say this. If we lose to this team, what are we doing? Like, just, just board it up. Just board it up. I mean, trade Cousins for a seventh-round pick. Okay, yeah, they, I don't think a team would do that. They just wouldn't. Not for that contract. That's funny when you think about that. But uh, he had a good game today, at least. Maybe they'd take Cousins back in Washington. Maybe they would. Carolina Panthers with another solid victory today. Christian McCaffrey, again, all-purpose yards up in the frickin' moon. Uh, you just do the math here. 200 and... God, that's unbelievable. 237 all-purpose yards for Christian McCaffrey. Just doing the math in my head here, looking at this. 237 all-purpose yards. 176 rushing, 61 receiving, 3 touchdowns on 6 reception. Oh, my God. Christian McCaffrey should be like the number one overall pick in fantasy, right? I mean, shouldn't he, though? Should Christian McCaffrey be the number one pick in fantasy football? I'd take him number one. I would take him number one. I mean, he, he it's got to be. Well, him or Patrick Mahomes, but then again, I don't know. It depends on what kind of league you're in, I suppose. Obviously, quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, that's kind of a no-brainer, too. But he's got to be the top non-quarterback in football right now. He's got to be. He even attempted a pass today, which was not completed. The guy named Kyle Allen, one odd-named guy versus another, Gardner Minshew, and the Jacksonville Jaguars could not get the job done today. He did throw a couple touchdowns, but he fumbled the ball and lost it three bleeping times. Gardner Minshew, welcome to the welcome to the Kirk Cousins Club. Couldn't complete 60% of his passes on 44 attempts, 374 yards, but three fumble losses. Again, welcome to the Kirk Cousins Club there. The fumbling the fumbling club. Ah, let's just leave that as is. Leonard Fournette ran for 108 after a 200-plus yard game last week. DJ Clark Jr., 164 yards and two touchdowns from the uh, whatever he is. The 1970s cop, Gardner Minshew, just like the Twins uh, pitcher, Dobnik. Uh, I don't even want to talk about the Twins, man. I don't even want to talk about the Twins. I'm uh, Garbage, man. You know, you, you win 101 games can I talk about the Twins for a couple of seconds? You win 101 games, and then it's the bleeping Yankees again, and then it's it's different, you know? It's different. We don't care about the big, bad Yankees. Yeah, and then the big, bad Yankees turn you into a team that can't hit all of a sudden, which I don't even understand, and they hit all over you like just like like you're not even, like, like you're a last-place team. I mean, we might as well be the Baltimore Orioles right now. That's what the Twins looked like last night, the Baltimore Orioles or the freaking Tigers or something. Uh, 100, 
101 wins or 101 losses. It didn't even make a difference yesterday. It just didn't. We looked like crud. Okay, I said it. Carolina and Jacksonville, kind of a boring game, but I guess Carolina, well, it's not a boring game if Christian McCaffrey's on the field, though. My God. I, you know, you knew he was going to be an interesting player in this league, but goodness gracious, my goodness, what a valuable son of a gun. And, well, luckily the Vikings have somebody similar in that sense. Uh, in a sense, you know, an all-purpose superstar, Delvin Cook. He is a pro bowler, a starting pro bowler in the you know, for me. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I guess... Only one of them can start per first per se in the Pro Bowl. I'd like it to be maybe he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl because we're in the Super Bowl <laughs> or something. Nah, the Falcons suck. Can I say that now? The Falcons suck. Fifty-three points given up against the uh, Houston Texans. The Houston Texans, you know, there's some talent on that club, but fifty-three to, to thirty-two. Dan Quinn, it's been nice knowing you, and I guess if he's had, what, three offensive coordinators, and I know one one of them got hired and all that. Deshaun Watson had a perfect game. He had a perfect game, perfect quarterback rating, 158.3, five touchdowns, 426. Deshaun Watson is back. Boy, that ACL that was slowing him down last year, you know how he was recovering from the ACL the previous year when he was a rookie, and he was spectacular, and everybody loved him. Goodness, my goodness. Only 33 pass attempts, 5 touchdowns, 85% completion, 4-26. Atlanta's defense sucks. And when when uh, Kirk Cousins only attempted 10 passes against this Atlanta team and looked like a solid quarterback, like a couple of touchdowns and all that stuff, it doesn't mean a gosh darn thing, does it? It, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I, I thought, I, I don't know what I thought. I thought Atlanta was like, I thought they kind of knew what they were doing this year. I actually picked them to make the playoffs, and I wasn't the only person to do that. They stink. They stink. Will Fuller the fifth. The, the fifth? You're telling me he's the fifth Will Fuller. Will Fuller. So his father was the fourth. His grandpa was the third. His grandpa was the third. His great-grandfather was the second. His great-great-grandfather. Oh, my God. That is the darnest thing I've ever seen. That is the darndest thing I've ever seen. I guess his son will be Will Fuller the sixth if he isn't already. My goodness, because I'm sorry I didn't uh, dig into Will Fuller the fifth before doing this podcast. What the heck? That is the darndest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, he's a first-round pick, obviously, and he's a name. First-round pick for the Texans. It's not exactly a high pick, and it's not like he busted onto the scene either. But he had a hell of a game today. He doubled his... Numbers for the entire bleeping season today. Will Fuller the fifth. Isn't that the darndest thing? Isn't that the darndest thing you ever saw? What is up with the freaking Falcons, though? That's the darndest thing I ever saw, too. But, uh, wow, Deshaun Watson, love you. Wish you were on the Vikings. And oh, that's another one. Would you take Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? Anybody? You know, I, I don't care how efficient Kirk Cousins was today. Would you take Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? Come on now. Come on now, people. Okay. Denver won a game, and the Los Angeles Chargers are, boy, they are pissed off, I gotta think right now. Dignity Health Sports Park. That about sums up the Los Angeles Chargers today. They lost to the Denver Broncos, and I know, I know Gerald String loves the Denver Broncos, and I love Gerald String. They're not a good team right now, that's obvious, but I guess they gotta win once in a while, and they win a road game against a team I thought was, you know, ever dangerous. Phillip Rivers sucked today. Sucked. And that Denver defense does still exist. They've presented some frustrating moments for multiple teams. They're kind of like a, 
a crappy version of the Bears, basically. Maybe the Bears, like, two years ago, when they still stunk, but occasionally they could be a pain in the butt. The defense was a pain in the butt. Just the offense is so awful, they couldn't do anything. But maybe that's still the Bears today, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, Denver Broncos win. Joe Flacco gets his first win as a Bronco. It took five bleeping weeks to get it, but he got it. Phillip Rivers was awful, multiple interceptions, and didn't do a whole lot else. And that's all there is to say about that. I don't really want to talk about it. It's garbage. I don't know. It's just one of those garbage games. And But congratulations to uh, Denver fans out there. And, uh, of course, uh, our buddy Gerald Strings, uh, second favorite team. My second favorite team is 5-0. and So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got to get off that, though. Got to love the gotta love Boston teams, Boston Bruins and all that. And I know it's illegal to have a second favorite team. I know. But it's more of you, you get a rooting interest in the playoffs in January rather than ah, bleep that, I don't care, and turn the game, you know, turn the TV off and go, like, stare at cracks in the ceiling instead. Like, don't you want to have something interesting to watch in January if your team's not in? I don't know. That's just my mindset. I, I, I don't need to go count cracks on the ceiling or go worship up, uh, some... Viking statue or something somewhere. That's not my style, okay? So let's talk about the uh, Chicago Bears. Fall down, Chicago Bears. Ha, 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 ha. You're not in first, as Carl Gerbschmidt would say. And uh, Carl Gerbschmidt is saying that right now. Fall down, Chicago Bears. Ha, 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 ha. You're not in first. No, they're not. And the Oakland Raiders have a winning record. So I guess, I guess, uh, 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 does this one count for Kirk Cousins? He, he beat a team with a winning record. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't count, does it? It doesn't count, does it? Because they didn't have a winning record at the time. But and God, they were bad in that game. God, the, the Oakland Raiders didn't even show up in that game, did they? They showed up today, and they frustrated this Bears team that like stomped the Vikings into submission last week. What the hell? I mean, who understands football? Tell tell me who who, who understands football? The way the the Vikings romped all over the Oakland Raiders last week. And yes, this one's in, or last week, a couple of weeks ago. And yes, this one's in Oakland this time. Something called Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Something called that. Former, or it'll be their former stadium very soon, unfortunately, for Oakland fans. Classic Raider fan base. Uh, but the autumn wind was a Raider today, and they played some good, solid defense. They forced some interceptions that our bleeping defense couldn't do. Thank you very much. Chase Daniel, multiple interceptions. Just could not get it done last week whatsoever. David Montgomery couldn't do crap. David Montgomery couldn't do jack. Tariq Cohen couldn't do jack. Josh Jacobs ran all over that Bears uh, defense, which our team could not do last week. There was no blocking whatsoever. Look at Josh Jacobs. 123. Yeah, he attempted 26 rushes, so that's a, that's a little more bell cowish. But still, 4.7 yards a carry and a, and a long of only 21. That's pretty consistent, if you ask me. Nice game by Oakland. And again, yes, it's a home game. But that shouldn't be everything. I know it's a lot. It is a lot. It does mean something. And Daniel Carlson made the only field goal he had to attempt, and he made all of his uh, extra points. Um, Cordero Patterson, very valuable in his kick returning. Good for him. But uh, Trevor Davis, though, with a 52-yard return on the kickoff. That's really good. Very impressive. Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears get beat by the Oakland Raiders, 24-21, to again, a road game, but it is what it is, and they were trailing 17-0, Bears actually took the lead with a 21-point third quarter, that is extremely impressive, actually, good for them, Chase Daniel was good, he nailed it to Allen Robinson the second twice, 
twice, but then Josh Jacobs ended up kind of instilling the dagger there with about two minutes remaining. Big play, and there is your dagger, as uh, the Green Bay radio personality, radio voice would say. Derek Carr was nothing special in the game. It was more of Josh Jacobs and that Oakland Raiders defense, uh, which was way, way, way beyond what they were in U.S. Bank Stadium just a few weeks ago. Way, way beyond. (laughs) I just can't stop saying it. Wow, Oakland. Nice game for the Oakland Raiders. They have a winning record. The Oakland Raiders have a winning record with uh, their former coach being their current coach again. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about the Packers. They own the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the last time the Dallas Cowboys, quote-unquote, owned the Packers is when the 95 Cowboys beat up on the Packers after the Packers upset the uh, San Francisco 49ers way back in 95. They upset the uh, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers just weren't up to it. They weren't gonna. Def- they weren't gonna go back to back in in the Super Bowl and all that. It just wasn't gonna believe it happened. And then Dallas beat up on Green Bay pretty good. And I didn't like it back then because I hated Dallas even more than Green Bay. I didn't really hate the Packers back in '95. That hatred didn't really develop until '96 when you saw just how arrogant those SOBs can get. Not the players as much as the freaking fans. It got ridiculous. Well, guess what? Green Bay, especially in the uh, especially in the Aaron Rodgers era, has just toyed with his team, and they did it again. They did it again. Re- remember in the playoffs a couple years ago, back in 2013. Wow, has it been that long already? They just toyed with the Cowboys. It was just awful. Or what year was it? Oh, 2015. Yes, yes, 2015. They just toyed with the Dallas Cowboys. They made them look like morons. I mean, it was one thing after another. Rodgers was literally laughing all day today. He was literally laughing all day in that uh, divisional playoff game a couple years ago when the Cowboys obviously had the first round by and they were just, oh, they're really something. Everybody's excited. But now they're just choke city. Every time they get their, their first round by, they get slaughtered by teams like the New York Giants all the way back in 2007 when Romo was like the coolest thing ever. And then you had Dak Prescott, or still Romo, and a couple years ago as well when the Crackers went past the Cowboys and it was frustrating and all that. Um, See, now you cheer for Dallas because you hate Green Bay so much, and today you really desperately wanted the Packers to lose. Uh, Chicago still has the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Detroit still is, like, you know, their team that doesn't lose very often for some reason. They have a loss and a tie, and they barely lost to the freaking uh, Chiefs last week, which is insane. But Green Bay just toyed with Dallas all day until that fourth quarter when the Cowboys finally got somewhat serious. And I know it kind of started in the third quarter, but whatever, you're down 31-10. to 10. I mean, you're down 31-10 to 10 going into the fourth. I'm not that excited about you. They made it very interesting down the stretch, but then, but then they couldn't even get in the end zone, and then they couldn't even make a freaking kick. They couldn't, even, they couldn't even get their kick in. They just got toyed with the, this Green Bay defense after Aaron Rodgers just kind of laughed at them all day. Despite not having a spectacular game, but he got the first downs he needed. They got the interceptions they needed on Dak. They got the sacks. I mean, they had three interceptions on Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott had, well, he was very efficient when he was in there. Aaron Jones with some key third-down conversions down the stretch that just were backbreakers for the Dallas Cowboys, despite Amari Cooper's spectacular uh, second half, along with Michael Gallup, who was awesome down the stretch as well. 
Um, but a lot of incomplete passes to Michael Gallup. Randall Cobb, the former Packer as well, was a factor. But whew, Michael Gallup was a big piece in that comeback that wasn't meant to be. The Packers still end up beating the Cowboys by 10 points in a game that you thought Dallas is, oh, they're getting back in it, but they still beat them by 10. They still beat them by 10, despite the quote-unquote furious rally. So Green Bay is, well, yeah, they're back. Green Bay's back to being a first-place team again. Isn't that just wonderful? Tell me, everyone, how happy you are that Green Bay is back to being a first-place team again. Isn't it just great? Didn't you miss it? Did you miss seeing Aaron Rodgers chuckling away as he's toying with these teams again? And now they have a defense that's causing a that's causing a ruckus. I mean, usually the Packers' undoing was their awful defense. And then maybe an occasional mistake by Aaron Rodgers, particularly against the Legion of Boom in the 2013 uh, NFC Championship game. Or was it the 2014 NFC Championship game? It, it, it was, 2014. Uh, when Seattle went back to the Super Bowl. Um, good grief, man. I'm, I'm telling you, this is uh, this is something else. It was 2016 when the Packers rolled all over the Cowboys. Now my memory is coming back completely. Dak Prescott was the quarterback. They were 13-3. and Aaron Rodgers rolled into uh, Dallas and just made him look like fools that entire game. AT&T Stadium just made him look like morons. Just idiots. And it was like, are you surprised? No. No. And was I surprised today? No. No, you know, Dallas is back down to 3-2. and two. Quite frankly, I think the Vikings could beat the Cowboys. Hopefully they do, but unfortunately it's a road game. I I don't know if the Vikings could do what could could do uh, in a couple of weeks what the Packers did today. I'd love that if that were to happen. But Green Bay is the first place team in the NFC North, and I feel all warm and fuzzy about it. I'm just so happy I could just melt like like a yeah, whatever. Let's just move on. I don't even want to talk about cheese. Let's talk about the bleeping eagles, even though cheese is very tasty and I love it. Indianapolis has a small lead at the moment over a somewhat flustered uh, Patrick Mahomes so far. Indianapolis Colts are kind of good, aren't they? They're kind of good. Yep, pardon me. if my, Oh, that was a good play. Okay, well, so much for the lead. <laughs> so much for Indianapolis getting the lead. Like right when I said it, the all red, they look so weird. They're wearing all red uniforms tonight. Kansas City Chiefs looking to go 5-0 and like uh, last year's uh, AFC Championship game opponent and probably this year's AFC Championship game opponent. <laughs> Patriots versus Chiefs, yes. They're wearing all red. Um, okay, that's interesting, but it works. If you're a Chiefs fan, I guess. I, kind of weird looking, but uh, let's talk to the freaking Eagles. I'm just babbling and being weird now. Philadelphia Eagles rolling all over the New York Jets. Woohoo. 31-6. to Lincoln, financial field, but the Vikings will be hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, which don't all of us wish the Vikings could have done that in 2017. Would it have mattered? I don't know, because the Eagles looked awfully good against the New England bleeping Patriots in U.S. Bank Stadium two weeks after that. Who the flip is Luke Falk? I don't know, but he threw two interceptions and he lost a fumble and he didn't do a whole lot else. He looked like a guy who was uh, in over his head against an Eagles defense that's still kind of good. Uh, they have a winning record. Kirk Cousins. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Kirk. Are you ready? to win a game against a team with a winning record, or are you just going to fall flat on your face again after a nice performance against the uh, New York Giants? Are you going to show up this week, please? Can you please show up? Carson Wentz is a good, talented quarterback, but you know what he's starting to remind me of? Should I say it? Carson Palmer. Did I say that? Did you hear something? Car- Carson Palmer. 
That's what Carson Wentz is starting to remind me of, and it's not just because of his name, but because he was an elite quarterback, he had an ACL injury, and he, you know, he was so good. Carson Palmer of the Cincinnati Bengals, that, that Carson Palmer, who went number one overall in the draft, was awesome. He was awesome. And then in a first-round wild-card game that they were in, they, were actually, they actually had a chance to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was the year that the Steelers went all the way after that game, won the Super Bowl. They rolled up on Carson Palmer's knee, and that was all she wrote. It was very late in that game. Carson Palmer was injured, came back the next year, was mediocre. Interceptions, touchdowns, touchdowns, interceptions. Had some good games, but it was always a back and forth. The accuracy wasn't there. He just never was the same. And I don't know, I'm seeing that with Carson Wentz a little bit, even though he's capable of some big games. Before that injury, Carson Wentz looked like a 12-time Pro Bowl type of a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's what he looked like right now. I think they'd rather have Nick Foles at quarterback. But, of course, he's out, too. I think they'd rather have Nick Foles. It's a pretty complete team. You got the good offensive line. You got the good defensive line. You got Jordan Howard now at running back. But uh, Darren Sproles is still alive, man. Wow. And he was on the Eagles many years ago. And he's back on the Eagles now. He was on the Chiefs many years ago. He's been on the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. He's been all over the place. Demetrius, no, Demarius Thomas. That was the uh, New York Jets. Yep, yep, yep. Let's look at the history. Philadelphia and Minnesota. Are you ready for something? No ties, okay? No ties. And the all-time record for the Vikings and the Eagles, well, even. 14-14. to 14-14. When the Vikings lost the NFC Championship game, they were 13-13, and 13, so that was bad luck for us, not the Eagles, apparently. The Eagles then got that 14th win. Last year, Minnesota got the 14th win in a game that was much closer than it felt. But that's because Minnesota was trailing for quite a while until Kirk Cousins really went out there and got the job done. It was a team that wound up having a winning record, but they didn't at that moment. And Carson Wentz wasn't all that spectacular in that game either. I think the Vikings can beat the Eagles. I think the Vikings better go out and take care of business next week. That's just my humble opinion. If you're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and such, Again, you're looking at a team that's very similar to before. The same coach, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you can't, obviously, talk about a team that was two years ago. But, I mean, last year, it's a team that's similar at the end of the day. I think they're improved with Jordan Howard. But, I mean, you're just not seeing spectacular numbers out of Carson Wentz thus far. You're just, you're just not seeing it like the way you'd want to. I mean, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Thus far, Philadelphia's pass defense is in the lower half, I would have to say. In fact, yes, it is. It is in the lower half. Miami's dead last in everything. New England's got the best pass defense in the league. That's interesting. Or that's in overall yards, actually. This is overall. <coughs> Pardon me. But they're in the lower half defensively. So you got to think. Uh, Philadelphia's got one of the top rush defenses in the NFL, and Le'Veon Bell didn't do jack today. In fact, they are fourth in the league in run defense. But again, lower echelon when it comes to Overall, Philadelphia actually has the worst leading in today, and obviously I don't think today helped. Uh, I think today will help them a little bit. They had the worst pass defense yardage-wise going into this season, believe it or not, or going into this this week, week four, giving up 323.8 yards a game, so 324 yards per game, I'd have to say. That's a big thing. Uh, interceptions, they only have four on the year, which is actually in the middle. As New England's got 10, which is double the second-place teams of Buffalo, San Francisco, and the Giants. That is insane. Forced fumbles. How is Philadelphia doing there? Well, 
way at the bottom with two forced fumbles. Okay, at least they have some, though. Defensive touchdowns. What can you say about Philly there? Way at the bottom. Well, yeah, they haven't had any hardly. Only a couple teams have had them. Sacks. I mean, Philadelphia, obviously, in the past had been a factor there. But also, Philadelphia dead last with only three sacks. Well, okay. How many sacks did they have today, though? <laughs> only three sacks. Can you believe that? Only three sacks on the season. They are dead last. So this is a defense, a pass defense, because that I think is extremely beatable. And it's in U.S. Bank Stadium. So there's no excuse for Kirk Cousins to not have a, to not be able to get his sixth bleeping win against a team above 500. There's no excuse for me at the end of the day. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, again, stifled pretty nicely today, kept to under three yards of carry. That's, you know, it is what it is. You can pass on this team, but, of course, Luke Falk did not. Luke Falk completed 15 passes for 120 yards, two interceptions, and was sacked 10 times. Okay. So, yeah, so much for Philadelphia being dead last with only uh, 10 sacks. With only 10 sacks, only three sacks. Luke Falk was sacked 10 times. So, Let's throw that away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> 13 sacks for Philadelphia. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how that can change that quickly. Other than New York is just the pits. The New York Jets are awful. I, I picked them to go to the playoffs this year. <laughs> 10 sacks. Oh, my God. Okay, never mind. That is funny. You know, normally I would have seen that before, and I didn't. So I apologize for that. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That That is <laughs> 10 sacks. Let's look at the, the history of these teams again. Minnesota has won the last game. They lost two in a row before that. They won two in a row before that. Again, it streaks again. Look at the bleeping Eagles, what they did. The Vikings defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. I still remember that game. Brad Johnson versus Ty Detmer, was it? Yep, Ty Detmer of the Philadelphia Eagles with when Ricky Waters was still on the team. And that team was kind of a mess. They weren't getting along. Brad Johnson got a big bump on his elbow, if I remember correctly. Yep, Brad Johnson had that big bump on his elbow after getting hit. The Vikings versus the Eagles had been pretty bleeping rotten for the longest time. But in the old days, dating back to 62, the Vikings won their first seven meetings against the Philadelphia Eagles from 62 to 76. 78, pardon me. The Vikings defeated the Eagles by one point with, uh, I believe that would have been Francis Targington, a quarterback in his final season. Yep. And then in 1980, the Eagles destroyed the Vikings. They said, yeah, we're going to finally beat these these purple people, whatever they are, as they were getting old. Vikings then lost a divisional game to Philly after that, 31-16. to So multiple playoff games against this club. And we've seen multiple playoff games against this club. Then it was kind of a back and forth, back and forth. And ever since 1980, bleep a nine, 1989, it was back and forth-ish. And then the Vikings lose three in a row up into 92. I still remember, um, what the heck is, uh, I'm blanking. I don't know why, but I mean, back in the good old days. Of course, Reggie White, the former Philadelphia Eagle and Green Bay Packer. That was Reggie White's last season with the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember that game very well. Sean stupid-ass Salisbury. Sean, Sean sucks Salisbury. Literally threw the ball right to the defender. God. And we started that stupid guy about a month later in a playoff game against the Washington Redskins instead of Rich Gannon. Which uh, Rich Gannon to this day is miffed 
with that decision of Dennis Green. As smart as Dennis Green could be offensively, he wasn't smart with that decision. But uh, at that point, Rich Gannon was banged up a bit. Uh, that was partially why there, and it was an awful game against that Philadelphia Eagles team after the Vikings had a great start to the season. That was a reality check in 92. And then the Vikings defeated them again with Ty Demmer at quarterback, Brad Johnson. There, things were not going well in the, in the sidelines in that game with Philadelphia. Ricky Waters, Ty Demmer threw water on Ricky Waters because he wasn't blocking. And then Philadelphia after that won five games in a row over the Vikings, 48-17, to awful game. Culpepper at quarterback, awful season, awful, awful season. That was, I believe, that game when, uh, yes, uh, I believe that was the famous game when uh, when uh, the Vikings uh, commentator on the radio said, good golly, this is disgusting. Oh, boy, that was really something on the Paul Allen call, but that was the commentator with them there. Uh, Eagles then beat the Vikings five games in a row, including the 2005 first-round playoff matchup, 27-14. Culpepper was not too good in that game. 2009, well, it was 2008. It was a 2004 season where the Vikings got to the second round after barely beating the Packers. Well, beating the Packers, the famous uh, moon game, whatever. Yes, Vikings beat the Packers, blah, blah, blah. And then then got beat by Philadelphia pretty handily, who went on to to lose the Super Bowl to the Patriots. And then... Vikings got beat pretty handily with Tavares Jackson at quarterback after the 2008 division championship season. Vikings got beat by Philly that year. Philly went on to the uh, Philly went on to the NFC title game, but wound up losing to the Arizona Cardinals. And Vikings win a couple in a row there when the Eagles were not so good anymore in the uh, Michael Vick era and such. One of them that we were awful, just awful. Joe Webb at the quarterback, and then 2013. Vikings just went all over this team because Philadelphia was awful. 2013, this must have been uh, Matt Castle, a quarterback. I got to think. Yeah, Matt Asiata. I'm seeing all these infamous names. Blair Walsh was the the kicker. Vikings were just awful. Eagles actually had a winning record, but the Vikings rolled all over them. Yep, Nick Foles was the quarterback, but uh, Matt Castle, solid performance against the Eagles. Love the football database. Thank you very much for all this information. Vikings ended up losing 21-10 in 2016. That was an awful, awful game when uh, Jake Long tore his Achilles tendon down the stretch and Sam Bradford threw his first interception of what would be more than one in that game. Eagles roll over the Vikings in the NFC title game and then Vikings edge him last year when Kirk Cousins had one of his best games as a Viking, if not his best. With all of this said, now that I've rambled enough Minnesota Vikings should defeat this team. Um, Again, it's going to be a similar type of situation. You're going to see Kirk Cousins have back-to-back good weeks. You're going to see it. Uh, It looks like things are a little bit better between these guys. Whatever it is, they must have patched something up. They must have come to some type of understanding. Kirk Cousins, for the first time as a Minnesota Viking, did not have a weird mental freeze moment. Hopefully he doesn't do it next week. I say the Vikings are better than the Eagles right now. I think the Minnesota Vikings are better than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. We have Dalvin Cook. Obviously, they have Jordan Howard, who's good. Uh, the home the home game situation helps an awful lot. Vikings should get into the lead again, the series lead, 15-14. to 14. Again, dating all the way back to 1962. That's fascinating when you can go back that far. It really is. But uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings are the better team right now. The defense... Should be the usual bend but no break. Hopefully you can force Carson Wentz into a mistake or two. 
I don't see Carson Wentz passing all over this team, though if he starts targeting Xavier Rhodes and Rhodes is unable to keep up with the Philadelphia receivers, well, then you got yourself a problem. Then you do it because Philadelphia has talent. Obviously, you got the tight ends and such. I just don't want to see Anthony Barr guarding Ertz. I, I, I don't want to see Anthony Barr on Zach Ertz. I want to see somebody else. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll take my chances, you know. Take my chances with Eric Hendricks. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll take my chance with Eric Hendricks on, on that guy uh, in those situations. Obviously, linebackers should generally be the guys on the tight ends. I'm just saying. You don't want to see him dropping back too far into coverage when you're talking about Anthony Barr. You want to see more of the pass rush with him. Alshon Jeffries is dangerous as ever. He's always been a threat against the Vikings. I, don't, I, I just don't want to see Xavier Rose get torched again. He didn't necessarily get torched today, but he wasn't that good. He just wasn't. Uh, there's just no no excuse here. Minnesota needs to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, who rolled over a team that is just done. The Jets are done. Le'Veon Bell, oof, boy, oof. Was, was, was it worth holding out? I, I don't think so. I'm kind of surprised. I thought the Jets would be a little better this year. They they looked, they had some promise last year, but I don't know, man. They stink. They stink. Uh, I think Minnesota defeats the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go something along the lines of, I, I think Vikings put some points on the board against this Eagles team. The, the Eagles have given up points. It was just, they played a team today that was awful. Uh, the Jets will be playing a much better team. Or excuse me, the Eagles will be playing a much better team next week in the Vikings and, of course, in U.S. Bank Stadium. Minnesota's going to actually score 31 points in the game. Carson Palmer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what am I talking about? <sighs> Boy, I'm losing my mind. Kirk Cousins is going to lead the Vikings with multiple touchdowns. Stephon Diggs needs to get in the end zone. Stephon Diggs needs to get... 80 yards receiving, but I think Delvin Cook will be a huge factor as well. Uh, obviously, the run defense is good, but Delvin Cook is going to be a factor with some of those screen plays. It'll help, but I do expect to see Adam Thielen get into the century mark again. And, well, keep 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 going to Ola B.C. Johnson as well. Why not? Let's get him into the 50 to 60-yard range. That'd be nice. But I do think Adam Thielen and Mr. <laughs> Kirk Cousins hook up on multiple com- uh, completions, and Kirk Cousins will eclipse the 300-yard mark and three touchdowns. Maybe he will throw an interception. We'll see. The fact that Philadelphia got 10 sacks today is pretty remarkable. That was kind of like the Vikings versus Detroit last year. That was crazy. I'm actually quite shocked that that happened, but the Jets are just terrible. Uh, it's like that offensive line just quit, and that quarterback doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Luke Falk. Luke Falk, I guess. So it is what it is. Minnesota defeats the Eagles 31 31- to 24. 31 to 24, kind of a close, semi-close game. Philadelphia will be a factor throughout the game, but Minnesota will just be a better team. You might even go 31-17. I think the Vikings will have a convincing victory and go to 4-2. and two. And then you just continue off of that, heading to Detroit. Then you host the Washington Redskins. You head to Kansas City and Dallas. It's going to be very interesting. And then November 17th, you host one of the worst teams in the league, the Denver Broncos. And then you finally get your bye week and you head to Seattle and it's going to be a very, very interesting rest of the season. The Vikings will be playing a winning team, but they will continue winning. The Eagles will be dropped to 500. So will they be a winning team still? Yeah, we can count that as number six. Win number six for Kirk Cousins against a 500 team. That would be that would be great. Let's try to get to closer to 500 against above 500 teams. That would be quaint and nice and, and great. With that said, I've rambled enough. Vikings win 31-24. Segment number three will include multiple calls 
from the legendary Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland, who had a lot to say on Twitter as well. I was very quiet on Twitter today. I apologize to Mad Martin, but luckily he's listening and he'll hear my responses on the show rather than see the tweets, though I did tweet back and forth with him a little bit during the week as well. Ah, good morning, Jay. Firstly, apologies for not getting any audio in last night, but at 12.45am on a Monday morning, I really didn't feel the the need to talk to this iPhone. Um, it's just before 7am Monday morning, and I still feel much the same. But anyway, here we are. Um, I haven't sent any audio in purely because I wanted to leave it till probably the quarter of the season mark, which is where we are. Four games in to get a true snapshot of where we think this team is. And from my perspective, the team is pretty much where I suspected it would be. Um, Unfortunately, not very good. In fact, yeah, mediocre at best. Um, They can beat the teams that aren't very good either, as we've seen against Atlanta and the Raiders. Now, when it comes to the teams we need to be in the big moments, the clutch games we shoot ourselves in the foot we have a quarterback who statistically looks good at times or has put big numbers up on paper um but in the games where it matters he's not very good is he it's as simple as that Uh, and what's worrying is the defense seems to have caught the same disease um when it matters they they kind of sputter and misfire um the Green Bay game was a prime example. 21 unanswered points in the first quarter, and it's like, what the hell is going on? Okay, Zimmer made adjustments, and he shut down the Packers. Brilliant. But unfortunately, we have an offence that cannot generate the points to make that recovery. Um, and then, so we move on to this game last night, the Bears. Now, I know historically, Soldier Field is a biatch to play in, let's be honest. Um, what, in the last decade, I think we've won twice? Yeah, not easy, get it. But it was a horrible performance. 55 yards uh, somewhere in the third quarter. It's like, oh, what is this? What is this trash? Um, it's it's a great shame. You know, you, you, I can safely say that, you know, the front office had the guts to go out and get um, Cousins. It was a big gamble. And it hasn't paid off, and it's not going to pay off. So we, we've, in essence, got another... Two seasons almost of having to put up with this because I can't see what they can do. Unfortunately, we are tied to Cousins until the end of the 2020 season. It it does kind of almost remind me of that Herschel Walker trade. The fact that we put so much, we've invested so much money in one player who we truly believe will deliver that precious Super Bowl. And unfortunately, it's not going to happen. I, I do feel sorry, really do feel sorry for the Wolves. Um, Spielman took the gamble. It's not paid off. Now, these guys have got 12 games to turn it around, and if they don't, then they all deserve to go, quite frankly. Now, you don't want anybody losing their job, but they've had enough time now to put the pieces in place and deliver something special for the fans and the state of Minnesota, and I don't believe they're going to achieve that. Ah, so Jay, um, I'm going to leave it at that for now, and we'll see where we are at the halfway mark. 
four and four, perhaps. Um, ultimately, I, I think it's going to be another frustrating season of, say, eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, maybe. And, and to be honest, if we do make the playoffs, I don't really care because they're not going to achieve anything in the playoffs because they're going to they're going to freeze. You know, Cousins is going to be his usual. Oh, I'm not going to make it. He's going to be not clutch. It's as simple as that. Anyway, brothers and sisters, um, take care. Have a good week and skull. And I cannot thank you enough, Mad Martin. Those are the best. Those call-ins are the absolute best. Hopefully you can keep them coming. Not sure if you're doing them quarterly or all the, uh, maybe, maybe week by week, but I understand how you probably wanted to wait a bit to kind of get a good opinion on the team. And I think you're right on pretty much everything you said there. I mean, and it's like I'm not just kind of riding your coattails, this and that. See, I do have the Vikings defeating the Philadelphia Eagles next week and everything. But, you know, it, it, it's the whole deal of, yes, they'll be 4-2, and two, but then after that, it's like, where do you go? I mean, if you defeat the... Uh, Beating Detroit, I am not sure if that's going to happen. We rarely win there, honestly. Uh, Washington, that should be a win, so that's five and three. Kansas City, five and four. Dallas, possibly five and five. Denver, six and five. Seattle, six and six. Detroit, hopefully we win the home game. We usually do seven and six at the Chargers. I have no freaking idea. Packers and and the Bears wrapping things up. That could be about nine and seven ish. So, and if we make the playoffs, like you said, I don't care. I feel you completely. So, it, it, it's like that. It'll just be like a mental freeze, this and that. He actually gets to play on the road in Green Bay or on the road in Philadelphia, on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, on the road against the, <clears throat> I don't even I don't even know anymore, eh, against somebody that's better, I guess, <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel you there. I feel sorry for the Wolves too. Massive, uh, massive investment. I can see the Herschel Walker comparison in a sense. The Saints, we ran into playing the Saints, we ran into playing the Niners. The Los Angeles Rams, I don't see the Vikings winning any of those games on the road. We'd beat the Falcons, yeah, yeah, but everybody would beat the Falcons, so whatever. <laughs> that type of thing. I can't believe the Rams are in third place right now. That is weird. But hey, it's the old, we lost the Super Bowl curse, that type of thing. So lots to hear from uh, Mad Martin here on Twitter, too. He is the emperor of Twitter, not just the king, the emperor. want to thank uh, Tene, Tene Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show. Vin Rock, Vince Germano out of Australia for also retweeting it. And Malcolm McSween out of California. All of you guys are some of the, you know, you're like the greatest people ever. Can't thank you enough for retweeting the show and passing it on to your friends. Now, if only you could get the people upstairs to stop thumping around and making noise and distracting me while I'm doing a show, that'd be great. But yeah, I don't know. I guess this isn't a perfect world, but oh, I wish it was. The UK Skull Squad. Did I follow them? Did I ever follow them? I had to have. Yes, of course. And they're following me. Awesome. Love that logo. Mad Martin said, now what was he telling them? He was saying, basically, we have a game manager quarterback being paid elite quarterback money. We need to invest in the O-line. Amen. Yep, and he wasn't saying that to me. He was saying that to the UK Skull Squad, and it's freaking true. Let's continue. Mad Martin uh, says, So, since 2016, the Purple are now 0-12-1 outdoors in teams with a winning record. Wow. In these games, the D has allowed 27 points a game. 
the O, 17 points per game. Interesting, but not in a good way. That's a 10-point loss on average on the road. Wow! And yes, I know. I know I can. I, yep, I actually subtracted it correctly. That's a good thing. I know some people out there might think I can't do that, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around. Uh, no, Mad Martin, that is... Uh, Whew, yeah, man. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, the legend. Oh, my. He said, it's depressing for sure. Yeah, I was talking about the record. I was saying that is an absolutely unbelievable statistic. He says, uh, it's depressing for sure. Maybe the Bud Grant way was the way. Outdoor football in December gave the Purple a massive advantage. And that's why I was one of the people that was rooting for super cold weather against the Seattle Seahawks because Seattle's used to mild temperatures. They don't get hot. They don't get cold in Seattle. They just get kind of moist and mild temperatures on the West Coast. You don't really get super hot unless it's further into California. Like uh, Sacramento area, it can get pretty warm. You know, that's not by the ocean. So by the ocean, it's significantly more uh, mild. We'll continue. Mad Martin says, what is a given after a 20-game tw- sample size? It's clear cousin. Cousins is not the answer at quarterback. The O-line did him no favors in Chicago, but when you've got... T- Two standout wide receivers. What a bleeping waste. I never had high hopes for this season. Zimmer is a great bloke and a defensive guru, but running the ball is not going to solve the O's problems. Hope you got my audio. Keep up the good work, Joey. I, for one, appreciate the podcast. And I, for one, and I probably speak for just about everybody that listens to the show, I think the audios you send in are insanely good. So I thank you so much. I, I mean, I thank you so much. Even if it's 10 seconds, it's, it's worth, like, you know, it's just so good. So I appreciate it so much. And I really um, I appreciate what you had to say there about the show as brother. So you continue saying so. You add in Cousins' record, and you have a really crappy mix. Five and 27 against teams with a winning record. One and eight against winning teams as a Viking. Five and 13 in primetime games. 13, and that could be bad teams in those primetime games, too, by the way. That sounds, he sounds like the perfect Viking, because I remember how the Vikings always stunk in primetime games, even in 2009. Remember that curse of, well, the Vikings can't win when it's an evening game? Listen to these jerks upstairs just thumping around. Yep, I'm, I'm airing out my dirty laundry right now. Oh, these people. Mm, I love it so much when they're not home. Let's continue. 13, 25, and 2 on the road. <laughs> yeah, I had to say it, man. You could just imagine. Oh, and 7 on Monday night. Oh, and 7 on Monday night. 13, 25, and 2 on the road. Oh, and 7 on Monday night. Just listen to those numbers. Just reflect on that, everybody that just heard those. Should I go again? 1 and 8 against winning teams as a Viking. 5 and 13 in primetime games. 13, 25, and 2 on the road. Two ties. That's interesting. Yep, like last year's, yeah, whatever it was in Green Bay. 0 and 7 on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? That's garbage, man. Yeah. Well, we beat a team with a losing record today. Well, actually, it was a 500 team. 500. They didn't have a losing record, but they were 500 and below. So his record is good against those teams. And maybe it should be, eh? Continuing. So if this team finds a way to go 9-7 and seven and backs into the playoffs and go one and done, because I see no way they went on the road. Yeah, really, though. They went on the road at a division, division champion's house. Is that enough to save the front office and Zimmer? Look forward to your viewpoint. I say it's time for them to be out of here. And I did respond to that on there. I thought I did. I didn't respond. You're kidding. You're kidding. Yes, I did. I think he even read it, too. I, I responded. What the hell? Why isn't it showing up? But I was saying... 
That is so, there we go. I was, oh, I was talking about Cousins. I was saying the guy is an absolute joke and a tease at best. This team did about as much research as Paul Fenton did into Victor Rask for the Minnesota Wild because, yeah, he basically ignored, ignored any research on that Victor Rask player. He fired the uh, analytics department and you know, all that good stuff. He did nothing. And Victor Rask is basically a guy who can't even play at all. And the Wild are stuck with him for three more years on a contract that they can't get rid of. Smart. Smart. And so it's a roster spot that's literally getting filled by a guy that can't play. Uh, I was saying this has to be one of the worst free agent signings in Minnesota sports history. Mad Martin says, it's beginning to look that way. I see Thielen called out Cousins, who then apologizes to Thielen for missed passes. What the hell is going on? And a digs trade? Had low expectations this season, but this garbage is getting out of hand. You don't call out players in public. And it's the weirdest thing ever. It is weird. And for me, if the Vikings go 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs, they did not invest it in invest $28 million in a starting quarterback. They did not have, The owners did not trust a general manager to invest $28 million per year guaranteed fully to a quarterback that's going to guide you to a 9-7 record and make big, crucial mistakes and can't beat anybody with a winning record. They didn't do that, so I think that's the end of Spielman because, I mean... Outside of Teddy Bridgewater, which was the worst luck ever for the poor kid, and now he's doing really well for one of our greatest enemies ever, Sean Payton and the Saints. Outside of that, it's been an utter failure, an absolute abject failure at the quarterback position in the Rick Spielman era. Is is there, Can I please say that? Can I please, can I please say that? Yes, I think I can. Let's continue. Uh, Mad Martin says, and you don't apologize for it in public either. The GM or coach need to deal with this shit. Could derail the whole season, perhaps... That is not such a bad idea. What QBs are coming in the draft? Um, we're talking about, yep, what the hell? What happened? I swear I responded to him about firing both of them. Um, yep, I, I, I think it's time one way or another. Oh, yes, I was saying in that scenario, in that scenario, if I was the owner, I would say it's time to part ways with both coach and GM. I will definitely continue the conversation on the show. Yeah, and that is what's going on. I would move on with the coach and GM. Uh, so now we get into today's game, or no, not quite. So it appears Diggs wants out. WTF is going on. Where's the leadership? This could spin out of control fast. If Diggs wants out, they should have traded him already. Lost a lot of value on that if it happens now. Sure did. We sure did. <laughs> OJ Simpson has been tweeting. That's interesting. So if they lose this game, who gets fired Monday? Never like running on third and long. Yep, nope, I don't like it either. It's just it's just punting, literally. You're literally preparing for a punt. <laughs> third and long, yeah. Unless it's like third and 24 and you're just saying screw it because you don't want to throw a pick six or something. Uh, Mad Martin says, perhaps we need to thank our wide receivers for pointing out the obvious this week. I'm not getting excited if we beat a poor Giants team. Yep, but I'm not excited either. It was a nice performance and you, for the first time ever you didn't see a guy completely fall on his face, making silly mistakes, and yet still beating a crappy team. Uh, yep, and Zimmer was pissed at Rose, just like Mad Martin says there. How are the Raiders beating the Bears? Well, they barely did, but they did, which was nice. I guess they're better than we thought. Mad Martin continues and wraps up here, says, Cousins needs to do this against good teams for me to be a believer. How many targets has Diggs had? There were quite a few. Uh, we'll come back to that here in a couple seconds. I had it, and then I cleared everything out. Just a complete fiasco, though, overall. Diggs, I believe he had like seven targets. It, it was a good number. 
in the game. And unfortunately, four catches total. He did have, he only had four targets. Never mind. So, nope. Only four targets at the end of the day. One of them was a throwaway. Uh, we look good against bad teams. Next week is the Eagles. That will be a litmus. That will be the litmus test. Yep, yep. I see what he did. How he corrected it on the next tweet. The Lions are no pushover. And then it's Casey and Dallas. I see. I see two and two at best. I can see zero and four as well. I think we beat the Eagles, but Detroit's scary. Kansas City's scary, and Dallas is scary. It could, it could be one and three. And if it is, well, yeah, yeah. There's a. Uh, that would be four and four, my friend. Nope, that would be four and five, potentially. If that was the case, one and three, that'd be four and five. Ouch, and that could easily happen. Hopefully the Vikings can beat the Detroit Lions. We'll see what happens. So that will wrap up the Twitter account. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. We will now gradually head over to the Facebook page. I should mention here, as this is loading, now multiple things. MN Vikings Haven, Haven MN Vikings Haven is... Uh, Another Facebook page out there that is kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on their Facebook page. They do a lot of similar stuff with in-game threads and such and in-week news. And uh, some of you have joined that and I appreciate that. And I appreciate uh, Trevor Wickerman for allowing me to post links uh, to Purple Mafia on that page. So, and in position and in return, I give him shout-outs and recommendations on this show, which I will continue to do. What was the other thing I was going to get to? Well... If you do the math, I guess, unfortunately, I should start just writing this in the description again. I'm tempted to. I haven't over the years. People recommend it. Don't do that. But it's like, why not, though? Everyone else does it. Everyone else does it. This, in the history of Purple Mafia, the 12th season and all that for me, this is episode number 299. So what's next week? Next week is 300. I'm not planning any major special production over it, but it's still an amazing milestone, and I can't thank a lot of you enough for keeping me going to get to number 300. So God willing, episode number 300 will be recording, will be recorded next week, hopefully with the Vikings defeating the Philadelphia Eagles and going foreign too. That would be, uh, that would be nice. That would be very important at the end of the day. Oh boy. So episode 298. And yes, those of you that see it on Facebook and Twitter, episode 298, there was no actual comment this week, which is kind of rare, but that's okay. Now we got background noise popping in, but that means people posting. I need to get to uh, Cedric Paulding's post last week. I, I promised him, because that was a bummer. He posted it immediately after I finished. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi, who is a future Hall of Famer for Purple Mafia. i got to mention that as well, because he had some good takes on that Bears game last week. Cedric Paulding says, this team was an embarrassment today. The Bears have, have a backup quarterback and missing three starters on defense. Our offensive coaches can even take advantage of that, and we never did throw a screen pass on on Mac side to slow him down. Vikes didn't look prepared at all, and I don't blame Thielen for his post-game comments. Cousins is steal money by pretending to be a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. It really is, and I will uh, give Cedric Paulding a bronze star for last week's show. He is on. Yep, so I did post it, or I did mention it on the show this on the show. So, all done. So, thanks again, Cedric. Hopefully he posted in this week's post-game thread, so nothing on last week. There was the uh, pass chart from Kirk Cousins, which was interesting. Everything was kind of super close. Completions, like, less than 10 yards, like everything, except for, like, one or two things. 
Uh, <laughs> there was one pass that was a little under 30, one that was 16 yards, and outside of that, it was just boom, 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 less than 10 yards. Everything was less than 10 yards. Some of them were actually losses. Isn't that cool? Isn't that great? Like, that's a beautiful pass chart. It's just unbelievable. Horrendous. William Carr says, get Teddy soon as Drew heals. Get Teddy soon as Drew heals. I wish we could get him. Teddy ain't going nowhere, buddy, says Alex McGlennis. Alex, uh, William Carr says, you never know this day and age of the cutthroat NFL. Oh, I want Teddy back so bad. And it's not like Teddy's gunning the ball 80-year field, but for crying out loud, it would just be a, a beautiful thing if we could have him back. So we'll move forward here. Stefan Diggs doesn't practice for non-injury reasons. Again, he was fined $200,000. Gerald String out of Nebraska says, well, now I guess I can officially say I'm tanking if this is really true. Once this stuff starts to happen, team chemistry goes in the toilet, and it's all down here and sledding from this point on. I love it when these overpaid babies don't get their way, and my guess is he still wants to get paid, right? What an awesome role model. Get your arrogant ass out on the field. Shut your pie hole and do your best to win or lose. Do your best win or lose. If I remember correctly, he didn't exactly help the rest of the team out very much in Green Bay. No, he didn't. Um, Tanay out of New Zealand says, and that was a very good uh, post. I hope it's not something personal that's happened to him. A lot of people complaining about it, but what if something happened in his family? Uh, it turns out it wasn't that. But uh, truth to all rumors, we'll get back to that. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, "What the hell now? Locker room issues, Joey. This ain't good." And Treadwell is no substitute. Mike Numera says he's injured and his feelings are hurt. Yep, that was funny. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota, where have you been, buddy? Welcome back. I think the Patriots rumors are more real than I'd like them to be. Debbie Nickel says, no, he's tired of practice with Cousins because Cousins ain't or can't even bleep and throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll continue. Hmm. Stefan Diggs on possible trade request. There's truth to all rumors, and that was that weird press conference where he had his face all yeah, he looked like a little kid. He really did. Wanda Shepard says, you could also ask him if he's making an effort. We have had four games, and he has two fumbles. And I am not sure how many complete passes. In 2018, he had zero fumbles. We had the same quarterback. I don't think he likes being number two. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, two and two record this year, and last year's failure season is going to get people pointing fingers. Especially with the talent we have. Is there more than one broken link in this chain? I believe so. I think it's more of a statement to Cousins, not just the organization. Facts are he hasn't done much since the Minneapolis Miracle. And yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Shelby Lund says, and don't forget Zimmer. His shitty game plans don't help. Cedric Paulding, Mississippi says, Kirk has a losing record against teams with winning records. And don't, I mean, I don't think he would even be a superstar. He, he would ever be, I don't think he would ever be a superstar. Trey Buckles says if he wouldn't, if he wouldn't have went after Kirk and become a superstar, everyone would be mad also. Cedric Paulding says, I could understand if it was just Diggs, but Thielen is upset with Cousins too. Interesting. 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 Hmm. Interesting conversation there. The in-game thread. It was kind of quiet today, which is fine. It is what it is. I think people were just kind of casual today, not really in a huge 
tussle either way. Brett McCarthy all over the place, which is good. He was saying it's been a very negative week in Vikings land. Hope to see, hope we see a passing game today mixed with a run. And yes, that was one of the huge things. There was a very nice balance today. But it was fun. He was talking about how uh, looks like all is happy on the offensive side. A nice mix of run and passing. Yep. Jeff Holmgren says, can't watch the game, but the Vikes are passing the ball so far. And I was saying it's fairly balanced. Back and forth. Roads down again. Dave Hickey says, we don't have the game in our area either, but if you have the NFL Fantasy app, they have it streaming live now. That's cool. That's nice of them to do that. Mark Carlson says, taking me to the woodshed. Huh. What is he, chopping up some giant wood? Looks like some trunks there. It's like a big piece of the, the main part of the tree there. Some huge rollers there. Some trunk rollers going on there. To, yeah, that's a lot of wood. Whew, that's interesting. Yeah, Rhodes was beat again, according to Brett McCarthy. Kurt Back was saying the defense looks like shit. Rhodes sucks. Uh, 10 points. Yep, Trey Buckles is like only 10 points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel you both there. He was just frustrated with uh, Kurt, but yeah, I mean, Trey, yeah, only 10 points. You're you're, you're right, you're right. I, I feel you there. Yep, so kind of a back and forth frustrating. I think Kurt is just frustrated with some of the third down defense today. That's where I could see it. Yep, Stefan Diggs fined more than 200000 for the absences. Todd Venberg says... Should have let should have let him sit today, and I think and think about his decisions this week. Shelby Lund says no. It apparently got Cousins' attention. Interesting. Yep, yep. Two hundred thousand in fines. Okay, now we get to the main part here, the in-game thread or post-game thread. Pardon me. I had it loaded and then I didn't. Isn't that great? Isn't that great when that happens? Okay, so. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, of course, this game wasn't on TV for me, so I had to listen to PA on KFAN, but glad Cousins was able to do something today, yes. Trey Buckles says, let's not crown Cousins for one good performance, but we can be hopeful he keeps it up. I, I hope so too, Trey. Brett McCarthy, is Trey is, is Trey from Minnesota? I believe he is. It doesn't show. Damn it. Look at you. Maybe it will. And it doesn't. He is in a secret place. He doesn't want to share. Damn it. Probably Minnesota, but who knows? Who knows? That's just my guess. Hmm. Well, it is what it is. He does not want to share. Leave me alone, Joe. And now I screwed everything up. That's how it is. That's how it is. Uh, but no, I mean, Kirk Cousins, yep, I know. We're not going to crown him. Then crown his ass, right? Red McCarthy, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, we can't crown him for uh, one game. No, I, I feel you. And, of course, especially the Raiders game as well. Similar situation. Brett McCarthy says, granted, it was the Giants. The offense looked better today. Nice pass game. Finally mixed in with the run game. Defense played good except Rhodes. And then there's a little back and forth here, which is interesting. Trey Buckholz says, Brett, Rhodes played fine. He got deep. He got beat deep for a touchdown where the safety was supposed to cover out over top. He's a leader on our defense. Brett responds, says, he's garbage, always coming up hurt. Hughes played better. I do think Hughes was better than, yes, I, I agree. Maybe maybe we're a little too hard on Rose, where generally speaking, he did fine, but I do think Mike Hughes did outplay uh, Xavier Rose today. Dre uh, Buckle says, pro football focus, and most experts would disagree. And Brett responds with, when the coach is in your face about your play, he's garbage. Ever since he got paid, 
he gets beat by average wide receivers until Zimmer gets on him to up his play. And when he does get beat, he comes up limping or has a bad hamstring, getting old, needs to play better. It's hard to believe that, uh, isn't it weird? It's hard to believe that Xavier Rhodes is like aging so quickly. But like they say, interesting conversation on the score north, uh, you know, vent line, whatever, Vikings vent line. Uh, Phil Mackey talked about how it's like, hey, you know, when guys are like 23, 24, that's when they're in their prime in straight line speed. By the time you're 27, 28, you're a little slower. And that's what's going on with uh, Xavier Rhodes. Then you have guys like Daryl Green, who are still good at 38. He kept up with Randy Moss at 38. And I saw it in person, Washington Redskins in the Metrodome in 1998, when Randy Moss was just exploding down the field. And... Daryl Green was able to keep up with him. I can't even believe that, but I think part of it might have been a little bit maybe Cunningham. You know, he can throw, but he it's not like Cunningham had like the, it's not like his arm was in his prime either. He was a little bit soft, I think, at that point, even though there was a bit of an arm still in Cunningham's favor. We're going to Iowa to wrap things up here with Leland and Mark. Leland says, all in all, a pretty solid performance. Definitely aired it out more. This win will hopefully put out the dumpster fire. Mark Carlson says this team could be a whole lot better, even better than today, and they will have to do that. And they will have to do just that as the Eagles are in town next week. The players are here no matter what side of the ball these players have the talent. Whether that individual talent can focus and can, can be focused and sharpened to a singular force on the field to win tight games is to be seen. I feel it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with the entire team. So many times I wonder where the bleep is the defense. And other times I say the absolute same about the offense. So I'm not convinced that they are for real. Not yet. And I feel you. Nothing today erases my memory of dropping a game to the Bears or the loss to the hated Packers. Consistency and balance will help prove that this team is for real. I am super happy for the win today. Let's see if any of us will be saying that next week. Skull Mark from Iowa. Very good comment, Mark. Very good comment. He says, hope there are some call-ins this week. And luckily there was Mad Martin, yes. And Mark, you're more than welcome to call in as well, of course. We'll get to how you do that in the future, in the next couple of minutes. You're obviously Mark knows, but others out there that haven't heard it yet that might be new to the show or they listen, but they don't hear that part for some reason. They move on. Uh, that's the end of the Facebook comments. But, um, yeah, I do think the Vikings will beat the Eagles. And that was a very thought-provoking conversation there as well. Uh, how Yes, there is a lot of Jekyll and Hyde to this team. I mean, sometimes it's just so doggone weird where our defense just didn't show up against Green Bay in the first quarter. And then, okay, now now they're going to play. But it put us in a hole that the Vikings had to kind of struggle. They had to force Cousins to pass, and he wasn't on his game that day. And the Packers' defense is really good. So it was just the most messed up, frustrating bullcrap I've ever seen, to be quite honest. Uh, hopefully all of you got your quotes in, your, your comments in, uh, and of course if some of you get uh, them in late, I will try to backtrack and get them on the next show like I did with Cedric Paulding, and he gets a bronze star for last week's show. He is getting a bronze star, because it was a really good quote. That's why I felt so bad. I was like, oh, it's good, you know, good conversation, and Mark Carlson, very strong one there at the end here, out of Iowa. Um, so it's time to pass out the stars and call it a show. It's extremely long. I just get long-winded. I get excited to talk about everything, and some huge-ass shows every week now lately. <laughs> Hope you don't mind too much. Well, the gold star for today's show is going to go to Mark Carlson. The silver star is going to be shared with the back and forth of 
of Trey Buckles and Brett McCarthy. That was an interesting back and forth argument between the both of you. Bronze Star, which will be shimmering in silver, is going to go to Leland. You guys are awesome. I can't thank you enough for your back and forth commentary and all you have to say. Uh, oh, thank you guys very much. Leland with a silver plated Bronze Star to wrap, wrap things up there. Uh, at the end of the day. So can't thank you guys enough for being a part of things. Loved the nice, cool breeze today. It was beautiful. Maybe dry up things a little bit after it rained, like the whole bleeping week. I hope it's done doing that. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Mad Martin actually is going to share the gold star with Mark Carlson. Yeah, because, I mean, the call-in and the Twitter. Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, Mad Martin absolutely is going to get a gold star as well. That was freaking awesome. The call-in... The, the conversation on Twitter. I mean, the guy is as good as it gets, and everybody knows it. He's spectacular. Um, gold star for Mad Martin to share with Mark Carlson. One in Northern Scotland, one in Iowa. I <laughs> love you guys so much. To call into the show, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into the Purple Mafia show. Do your statement, show out, comment, question, and opine. And there you go. Just be aware that it takes that it lasts only three minutes. It's a real voicemail, so it lasts only three minutes. It will cut you off after a three-minute period. So that's something to think about. Otherwise, there's the audio submission route, which Mad Martin did use today. To do that, use your smart device of any kind, or maybe a laptop or desktop with Audacity and a microphone, whichever you want to do. Simply click record, treat it like a phone call or podcast, so to speak. And then save it and send it to Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, which I will then convert it into an MP3 file, which I had to again today because most of the time it comes as a uh, M4A, is what they call it, which is nothing wrong with that. You just got to convert it. It takes seconds on Zamzar and Converto.com in order to be able to put it in the editing software that I use called Audacity. It's frustrating as it can be sometimes. It's been used on every single of these 299 episodes of Rural Mafia, every single one of them. So <laughs> that's an interesting thing to note, every single thing. Uh, so, again, can't thank Zamzar and Converto enough for the free service they do provide, so that's why I'm more than happy to give them a free plug. They will charge a fee for a larger file, maybe a whole podcast if I ever need to do that sometime. Like record a whole podcast with my phone or something crazy like that and convert it all into MP3. They will charge a monthly fee if you want to sign up for like a membership or something like that, which is not that expensive. All in all, though... Thanks again. It's been a lot of fun to do this show. Hope you have a safe and happy week. Hopefully the Minnesota Vikings are for real, but I think they have a lot of convincing to do uh, before that happens. They're going to have to convince all of us because none of us are. That's why the numbers have been kind of meh this year. They're there. The numbers are there, but they've been very slow. Slow burn. A slow burn compared to other years when things are going a little bit more exciting. Like 2017, it was just like a... It was an explosion. The numbers do come, but they come a lot slower than they did a couple years ago and even last year in the early stages. With that said, hope to talk to you next week. Hope to hear from you. Keep calling in Mad Martin if you can. If not, it is what it is, but hope to hear from you more often than not. That's for darn sure. Till next week, take care, everybody, and go Vikings.